God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labels. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to Calvary Way Revival Labels at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. your name on high, ancient of things. We bow before your glorious throne. Your almighty God. We magnify your name, Lord. Be thou exalted. Be thou glorified, Lord. Be thou magnified, O God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. As we have gathered this afternoon, Father, we ask you to visit us. Amen. Every one of us. Amen. In this meeting, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can be seated. Praise the Lord. Welcome us to today's discipleship and it's a special one for us because we'll be doing two things together. Uh, every February we normally return back to our foundation. The month of February, we normally use it to go back to review our foundation. As disciples of Jesus, there are things that formed our foundation in discipleship. So we normally return back to revisit them every February. So together, it's like all of us will, for the rest of the month, be passing through the New Disciples Incubation School. It's necessary we keep on visiting that from time to time so that we can be sure that we are standing right on the right foundation. The moment you begin to you know, lose your ground on your foundation, your discipleship will begin to shake. Many, many people that began well in discipleship 
and they are no longer following. If you check the problem, you will notice that their lack of following begins when they began to have problems in their foundation. So that's why we will be paying attention to that again in this month of uh, February. That is to say, some of us that started incubation school in January, you will be uh, we will be doing it together with you to com complete your incubation so that by the by the first Saturday of March, you will be coming for your incubation retreat. How many of us are in that category? You started your incubation school in the month of January, before last Sunday. Let me see your hand up. Okay. So, how many of you, I want to count you. Raise it again. Okay. So that is to say, your consistency now matters. So that by the first Saturday of March, you will be here for your incubation retreat by 8 a.m. Incubation retreat is the last thing you do in incubation school. And then you'll be ready for graduation from the incubation school. So first Saturday in March, begin to prepare your heart towards that by 8 a.m. You don't come late to such a meeting. If you come late, we will chase you back. It's like an examination, so you have to be there on time so that you'll be able to pass through the necessary teachings and counseling before you are ready for finishing from incubation school the following Sunday. Then, all of us who have finished our incubation school sometime last year, we, we may not uh, be coming for incubation retreat, but if you feel like joining them on that day, that would be very okay too for you. If you feel like, let me refresh myself and also participate in discipleship counseling, that would be very good too. Amen. Now, Again, we will be beginning from today. That's the way the Holy Ghost will help us to be combining the two. We begin to look into our vision, our goal as a discipleship family for 2021. Kingdom advancement goals in 2021. So, we will start it today, but I'm sure that we are not going to finish it today. What is the goal that God may want us to achieve as a discipleship family in this year? Then we begin to look at the keys to achieving those goals. What are the things that we must begin to do, practical things that we must begin to do to ensure that we achieve those goals? before the end of this year. Praise the Lord. Now, we will be bringing the topic on keys to achieving kingdom advancement goals together with the 
foundations of discipleship. So that's the way we'll be, you know, blending them together so that we move from goal to foundations of discipleship. Praise the Lord. Now, what is a goal? What you are intending to achieve. We discover that so many people are living their life without achieving anything, especially for the kingdom of God. They are not bearing fruit. Yet from the scripture, we discover that the call of God upon our life is to bear fruit. In John chapter 15 verse 16, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit will abide. Can we read that scripture? John chapter 15 and verse 16. I have chosen you. You are not the one that chose me. That you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit will abide. If you are there, I would like us to read it together. I want to go. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He may give it to you. You are not the one that chose me. He was talking to the disciples. But I chose you. That you became my disciple is not your choice. It's my choice. That you got born again and you began to follow Jesus is not your choice. It's his choice. And there is a reason for that choice. He said, that singular reason is that you should go and bring forth fruit. Mark you that you don't use the word choosing when there is only one option. So if you are choosing, it means that there are options that we are dropped. Jesus chose you. Tell your neighbor, you did not choose Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, It is God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That is to say, God works in you to make you willing to come to Jesus. So, it is when God has chosen you that he begins to work inside your heart to give you the willingness to leave the things of this world and to begin to follow him. Of course, you see people that are living their life the way they like. They are living their life and you know that these people are not preparing for any glorious eternity. Now, Jesus said, I chose you. It was my choice. And when he said, I chose you, you must note that you don't use the word choose when there is only one option. If there is only one pen, you can't say, I chose this pen. It's wrong. It is when there are two pens that you will say, I chose this one. 
Do you understand that? Because for every choice, there is a reason. Tell your neighbor you are choosing by Jesus. And there is a reason for that choice. Now look at the reason. He said, I have chosen and appointed you for a purpose, for a reason. The reason why I chose you and appointed you is so that you should go and bring forth fruit. If after he has chosen you and you are not bringing forth fruit, the first thing that will happen is that he will start regretting his choice of you. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 10 and 11, God was telling Samuel, I regret that I have met Saul, the king, because he has turned away from following me. See, I the one that chose Saul, but now I'm regretting that I have chosen Saul. Why? Because he has turned away from following me, and he has not performed my commandments. So when God chooses a man, he chooses that man to follow him and to perform his commandments. He chooses a man to bear fruit that will last. When that man is not bearing the fruit that will last, God will start regretting. And the next thing is that he will put the person out. Saul was immediately put up, out in the next chapter. Chapter 16, verse 1 of 1 Samuel, he said to David, why are you still crying about Saul? Eh? Go and anoint David. Because I have used choosing him to replace the unfruitful soul. May God not replace you in the name of Jesus. May God not regret his choice of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, what kind of fruits are we going to bring forth that will bring glory to Jesus? That you should bring forth fruit that will remain. What kind of fruit? Is it mango fruit? Is it orange fruit? You know there is a fruit they call fruit. How many of us know that fruit? There is a particular fruit they also call the name what? Fruit. Is that that kind of fruit? No. No. The fruit that will last is referring to bringing souls into the kingdom. Bringing souls into what? Into the kingdom. That's Jesus. Said, the reason why I chose you is so that you should go and bring souls into the kingdom. And these are the souls that will last. Amen. So if any man is not bearing fruit, that man is not pleasing Jesus at all. Look at verse 8 of that same John chapter 15. Let's read verse 8 together. One to go. Herein is my father glorified. That you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciple. A version said, This is to my father's glory. <clears throat> the only way you glorify my father is so that you bear fruit. And when you bear fruit, you will by that prove yourself that you are indeed my disciples. So, if you are not bearing fruit, you are not, you know, substantiating your discipleship. You are not proving yourself a true disciple of Jesus. In verse 1, he says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser, the husband mine. Verse 2, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, 
What does he do to that? He takes it away. He takes it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. You can see that God is looking for fruit. Say, if you are not bearing fruit, he will say, no, you can't be here as a branch. Cut it off. And then if you are bearing fruit, he will say, yes, I like this particular branch that is bearing fruit. Let me prune it so that it will bring forth more fruit. So, God is expecting. In fact, in Luke 13, from verse 8, Jesus gave a parable. He gave a parable of a man that planted a vineyard. And as he planted the vineyard, there's a fig tree in that vineyard. And then, this man looked for fruit in that tree, and he didn't see. And then he told the vineyard dresser, there's no point keeping this um, uh, fig tree here. Cut it down. It's consuming the ground. It's not bearing fruit. For two years, I have come looking for fruit on it. I didn't see any. Cut it down. And that one said, please now, can we put manure around it for this one year? If it bears fruit, we'll allow it. If it doesn't bear fruit, we can now cut it down. That is to say, the only thing God is expecting from you, for you to be allowed to remain, is what? That you are bearing fruit. Hallelujah. So important for us. Now, when you talk about goal, your goal must be in line with this one expectation that God has over our life. Is there anybody with New International Version, NIV? I would like you to read for us Philippians chapter 3, from verse 12 to 14. Everybody turn there. Why NIV reads? Philippians chapter 3, from verse 12 to 14. Who is holding NIV? Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on. Please pay attention to that. I press on to do what? To do what? To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on. There is a reason why Jesus apprehended me. There is a reason why Jesus arrested me. And now, I am pressing on. I am pushing hard. I am, you know, doing my best to make sure that I capture that very reason why Christ captured me. To make sure that I arrest that very reason why Jesus arrested me. To make sure that I lay hold, I take hold, I fulfill that which Christ Jesus, you know, laid hold on me. There is a reason why Christ Jesus apprehended you. 
There is a reason why Christ Jesus took hold of you. There are things that he has stated that by the reason of your life, these things will be accomplished in his kingdom. For Saul, it was, he was narrating it in Acts of the Apostles chapter 26. Acts of the Apostles chapter 26. I want you to hold Philippians. We are going to return back to it. But I want you to see where he was narrating the reason behind his capture in Acts 26. Verse 14, he said, And when we were... For, okay, let me start from verse 13. He said, At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. Who is talking there? Who is talking here now? Saul of Tarsus. He said, I can remember, O king, what happened to me on my way to Damascus. He was narrating his encounter with Jesus Christ on his way to Damascus. While he was turning towards Damascus to go and persecute the people of God, thinking that he was offering God service. And on the way, he said, a light fell on me. And that light is more than the normal light of the sun. It is not just that the sun became brighter. No. It's brighter than the light of the sun. And that light fell on me and was shining round about me. Shining round about me. May the light of Jesus shine around somebody today. So that you will have your own encounter with Jesus Christ. This particular singular encounter was what changed everything about Saul. Before he embarked on that journey, he was a lawyer. When he returned from Damascus, he was no longer a lawyer. He turned a missionary. You know, so many things changed about him. In fact, everything, not so many. And then he began to describe it again in verse 14. He said, And when we were all falling to the earth, why did they fall? The light blinded their eyes. That they couldn't see the things of this world again. If you ask me, why is it that so many people are drawing back from following Jesus, even when it seems as if they have started? Their eyes were not blinded on the day of their encounter. They are still looking and they are still seeing the things of this world that are drawing their attention. When they want to focus on Jesus, it could be money, it could be certificate, it could be friendship, it could be one thing or the other around this life that begin to take their attention away. The eyes of Paul was blinded. He couldn't see again. In fact, the Bible said that for three days he never saw. It was a total blindness. He couldn't see any vision of this life. He couldn't see any accomplishment again. 
A blind man is the most miserable man because what can he do? Can he go to school? Can he read book? If a man is having problem with his ear or leg or any part of his body, that man can still do some certain things compared to a blind man. It is because your eyes have not been blinded to the things of this life. That's why you are still being distracted. The encounter that is genuine, you know it does one thing. It blinds the people that had the encounter to the world system. That, you know, a brother was, I was talking with him today. I've been inviting him to discipleship. So he met me today. You know, he said, ah, I would have started today. But you know, today is Valentine. You know, today is Valentine. I would have started today. In fact, I made up my mind that I, should, I would start today. But just that today is Valentine. And, you know, we are welcoming some visitors in our house. He's a brother. He has a wife. So you can see his uh, reason. Eh? Today is what? Valentine. Ah. So the, the, the eyes of some are still open to Valentine. To the, to the love of this world. And that becomes, you know, and that is the problem. Many of us, the fashion of this world, you know, is still drawing your heart away from the genuine Christianity. I called my wife's attention to a sister that was singing in church this, this morning. I said, can you look at this sister's dressing? Well-dressed. I said, can, can all the members of this, you know, band, can they begin to dress like this sister? Then the church will be glorious again. But the fashion of this world are taking the heart of those so-called sisters. You will sew your cloth and you will open it somewhere. For what reason? Is that what Jesus taught you? Where did you learn it from? Your eyes are still open to the fashion of this world. You and the unbelievers who doesn't know God are dragging who will be more fashionable because you are looking for who will, you know, call you or who you are going to attract. Your heart is not given to God. For sisters, you are pursuing something. You can't dress well and cover your nakedness. For brothers, you are pursuing money. The things of this world will not allow you. Let me tell you, people that pursued money, pursued money, they died pursuing money, they didn't get it. Those who got it, where are they today? Jesus says, seek you first the kingdom of God. You can never do that until your eyes are blinded to this world. The force is too strong. Paul fell to the earth. He fell down to the earth because he became blinded to the glories, seeming glory of this world. You know what the devil did to Jesus on the day of temptation? The Bible says he took him to the high mountain and he was showing him the glories of this world. He was showing him the glories of this world. And he said to him, all of these things I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. <laughs> That's the same thing he's still doing to so many of us. Some of you that are maybe doing business, he will tell you, can you calculate how much you are going to you know, lose by attending discipleship class or let's say a weekend program? Can you calculate you will lose so and so thousands of naira? Just by attending this meeting. He will not, your eyes are not opened to the other side. Listen, until your eyes are 
closed, blinded to the things of this world, your eyes cannot open to the glories of heaven. You cannot see two opposite visions at the same time. If you are not blinded to the visions of this world, your eyes cannot see the visions of heaven. And God was about to give Saul visions of the glory. And the first thing to do is to blind his eyes. We cannot be talking about kingdom advancement goals, K-A-G, if your eyes are still open to earthly pursuits, material things that are dragging people's hearts away from God. Seek you first the kingdom of God. You know it, but you can't do it. The reason is because your eyes are still open. May your eyes be blinded today to the things of this world and be open to the things of heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, I had a voice speaking unto me. Of course, you can't hear the voice of Jesus. Last weekend we treated my sheep hear my voice. You can't hear the voice of Jesus if your eyes are not blinded to the world. I heard the voice speaking unto me, saying in Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted, but rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Somebody say for this purpose. Look at your Bible carefully. Please look at your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, can you look at your neighbor's Bible? I'm begging you, can you look at your neighbor's Bible? I want to show you something. I'm waiting for you. Now, did you see that Jesus said, for I have appeared unto thee. For what? For what? For this purpose. Not for these purposes. There is a purpose for this appearance. Your salvation in Christ Jesus is for a purpose. I have apprehended you. I have laid hold on you for this particular reason. There is something, there is something I have, you know, appeared unto you for, for a purpose. For a purpose. The problem of Christianity in our generation is that we have so many people that are going to church, going to fellowship without purpose. So many say, I am born again, I'm speaking in tongues, I'm singing in the choir, I have a voice, I can play band, I can play keyboard, I can, you know, do a walk in the church, I can give donation, but there's no purpose. They don't have a purpose for their salvation. Jesus said to Saul, there is a purpose. Your salvation is not just for you to just, you know, say, I am saved. And then at the time you say, I want to speak in tongues, and you are speaking in tongues. And when they ask those who are speaking in tongues, raise their hand, you raise. When they say, can you speak for one minute, you speak for two minutes. No. It is not, that's, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. There is a purpose. And look at the purpose. Can you see that? Let's read it together if you are with me. To make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto you. To make you what? 
The purpose of my appearing to you is to make you a what? To make you what? A miracle receiver. Oh my God. Tell your neighbor, the purpose of your salvation is so that you will be a minister. Some of you are saying, well, I'm not called into the ministry. I am this one, I'm that one. No. No. Your salvation is given to you so that you will be a witness. A minister and a witness. I have appeared unto you for this purpose. To make you, number one, a what? A minister. Number two, a what again? A witness. A minister and a witness of the things that I have showed you and the things I will still what? Show you. That's the reason for my appearing to you. That's the reason for, my, for your encounter. That's the reason for discipleship. That's why we are here. We are not here to receive miracles. We are here to be made miracle givers. Tell your neighbor, I don't know why you're here. Talk to him. But as for me, I am now realizing that I have come not just to receive healing, but to be a healer. To be made a miracle worker. To be made a minister. That's the essence of salvation. Paul said, I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. This ideology that we have grown for years, where people just felt that they should be going to church, going to fellowship, going to discipleship, and all of that from year to year, and nothing is coming out of your life to affect other people's life, is not from God. And then we keep running programs, three days revival program. You know, New Year, you know, power must change hand. And then New Month, authority has come. And then we bring one powerful man of God. Then we connect to General Overseer. And we invite this person. And after that, you think, how is this program? Say, the program, eh, I was touched from year to year. How long will you start touching people? How long will you move from I was touched to I am what? I'm now the one God is using to do what? To touch people. To make you a minister. That's why I appear to you. Not just to make you a, 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 a toddler, a baby that keeps receiving breast milk. There is a growth in this kingdom that when you are born today, as time is going on, if you are really following, a time will come when you cease to be a baby. You will become a youth in the Lord. And then from being a youth in the Lord, you will become a father. And when you become a father, you become a source. You become an originator. You become a generator. Through you, God will begin to you know, do greater things in the life of others. Amen. He now said, verse 17, Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles 
unto whom now I send thee. Everybody verse 18 together. One to go. To open their eyes. Number one. Number two. And to turn them from darkness to light. Number three. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. I wouldn't like to do exposition on that verse. Otherwise, it's enough for two hours message. So I just want to touch it and I will move. Look at the assignments. Paul said, there is a reason why I was apprehended. And I am pressing on to ensure that that reason is fulfilled. There is a reason why I was born again. There is a reason why I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. The reason why I encountered him is because he wants to use me to open the eyes of those whose eyes have been blinded by the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. Can we read it? Can we read it? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. I want you to see something there. Are you there? In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of unbelievers. The God of this world has closed their eyes. So when God is giving us the way of life, showing us how to live so that we will please him, fulfill his purpose, and be with him in glory, the people of this world, their eyes are blinded. They are saying another thing. Eh? The God of this world has close their eyes, that they couldn't see the glorious light of the gospel. And Paul said, Jesus has sent me to go and open their eyes. That's how, how and why you will see people that are going to church, people that are not going to church, you see them, they know what God say, don't do. But they are doing it. So many people in the world will commit fornication today. Some will commit adultery. Two of us. Now, these people that are committing immorality and that will commit it today, are they not aware? Some of them, when they went for confirmation in Orthodox Church, they crammed the Ten Commandments. And they said, the Seventh Commandment or the Eighth One, said, do you know what? Do not commit fornication. They read it. The same people are going to do the same thing. They know. Why? Blindness. It is this blindness that causes sinners to continue to live in sin. Even when they know that they are living in sin. And even when they know that sin can destroy. Even when they know that sin can cause diseases and sicknesses. Even, you know, the preacher in the church today told the story of a lady that came for counseling. He said that this lady came for counseling. 
I was telling him that he used to have sex in the dream. And when he will, she woke up, she will see spam on her body. And she was like, I want this to stop. And the man of God said to her, if this is going to stop, then you have to give your life to Jesus. You have to give your life to Christ and mean business with him. That's number one step. And the lady asked me a question and said, Sir, do you mean that there is no other alternative? Is there no other way apart from giving my life to Christ? The man of God said, there is no other way. And she said, if it is only by giving my life to Christ, then let me continue the thing. She left. She left. Is that not blindness? Demons are sleeping with a human being. And she doesn't know that her life has been, you know, destroyed already. Eh? Some are even calling it enjoyment. To open their eyes, the eyes of the blind. That's number one. And they, to turn them from darkness to light. Darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to the power of God. To God. Some years ago, I met a young man in the church. As I was um, teaching the follow-up study, I looked at him. Something told me that there is something wrong with this young man. I don't know what is wrong. So, when we finished the uh, teaching, I called him aside. I asked him, what is wrong with you? The Spirit of God is telling me that there is something wrong with you. What is that that is wrong with you? He said to me that the only thing he knows is that he doesn't pursue women. It's only women that are pursuing him everywhere. That's the only thing that he knows that is abnormal about him. When you look at him, he's not handsome. So, there's a problem. <laughs> then, I began to pray for him after some series of counseling. The moment I began to pray for him, the anointing of the Holy Ghost came up. Lifted him up and threw him on the ground. And the next thing I was hearing was a shout. We are seven here. We are seven here. And... You know, as he was shouting, we are seven here. He began to, they began to call their name one after the other. One after the other. One of them called his name as Beauty. Said, my name is Beauty. And my work in this boy's life is to make his, the skin of his face attractive only to ladies. That's my work in this body. Now, I took time to cast out those seven demons. When I finished casting them out, the young man was lying down. Like, as if he's lifeless, as if he's no longer breathing. But he was still breathing. Now, I asked a question. Is there still any demon in this body? He did like this. No other. I doubted it. I said, what of you that answered me now? Who are you? I am the owner. I said, owner? 
the I am the king of kings. <laughs> I said, I only know Jesus Christ of Nazareth as the king of kings. Who are you? I am Satan. You know, those are the days I was I've not been too long into deliverance. Just I just started so when he said I was uncertain, I wanted to be scared. But immediately I remembered that I have authority over Satan. So I said, Satan, how did you enter this small body? How? Through fornication. When and where? Lagos, 15 years ago. A night before the birthday of his same partner, they had sex and I entered. And you know, he has been there as the owner. He has been there as the king of other demons. You know, when Jesus is the king of kings, he's also a king of other demons. So when they have finished going, he was now there. To turn them from the power of Satan unto God. Some years ago, a young man came for counseling. He's attending a Pentecostal church, but he told me that he's a courtist. He attended a Pentecostal church. Was very serious in the church. He, he said nobody ever knows. But he's a courtist. He drinks, smokes, all kinds of sins. Immorality. When I began to pray for him, I didn't pray long. He began to speak in tongues. I said, how come this one is speaking in tongues when I have not finished casting out demons from courtism, from immorality and all of that? That was when I knew that demons also speak in tongues. I have to ask a question. If you are the spirit of God speaking this tongue, interpret it at the count of five. If not, let the tongue cease. So when the tongue, when I counted, the tongue stopped. I said, hey, so who are you? He called one demonic name. I didn't know that before then that demons speak in tongues, but my spirit told me that this is not the tongue of the Holy Ghost. So he even came to you know, distort and distract the, the deliverance so that he can remain. To deliver them from the power of Satan. So many people are filled with demons as you see them walk on the road. Demon, demons doesn't make people mad. Demons, we have mad spirits. But what evil spirit does is to move people into immorality, into sin, into evil. A young man came and said, Sir, I have sex with animals. He began to narrate the story. How he normally has sex with fowls or cocoa Greek. Demons. People that the devil has bound with his powers. Ladies, men, all together. 
to deliver them. You are called to be a deliverer. You are, there is a purpose. Leave all this bread and butter Christianity that some of us, you just want to. What we, listen, I have said it before. We train people to be miracle workers in this place. We'll, if you come here and you are expecting for miracle time, you may get miracle, but even if you get miracle, you are not supposed to be a miracle receiver forever. That's the purpose. We are talking about kingdom advancement goal. If you are, and I, I used to warn people, you say you are attending discipleship, not this particular discipleship, that will attend for six months, and there is no visible testimony out of your life of what God has done and what God is doing through your life. Or maybe you are still living in sin, you are still committing sin, secret sin, or public sin. Can you imagine you now with this your masturbation? This your watching of pornography? This your telling of lies? Can you imagine you now, me calling you and say, come and cast this demon out? You will dodge. You, you, will, te- you will not tell me that it's because I'm a sinner. You will tell me that, eh, you know, I, don't, I have not reached that level. You will find one language and cover yourself. But the major problem is that something is telling you, you cannot face the power of Satan. You can't face it. Because your life is corrupt within. You need encounter. You need salvation, true salvation. You need deliverance yourself. And for some of us that have been having this experience, let me tell you, you will not last. Because that spirit that is doing that in you, eh, he will soon draw you out of this place. Because you are a servant to that spirit. And a servant cannot dwell in the house forever. Have you seen a servant that came to a house, a maid, and she remained in the house forever? No. It's only sons. As long as after three months you will have sex in the dream, even though you are speaking in tongues, after another six months it will occur again. After another time it will... And you are still participating. You are a servant. That particular spirit is somewhere remote controlling you. You need to be delivered. Some of you need to be delivered first. Look at what God said to, uh, Jesus said to Saul. Delivering you from the people. So, you cannot deliver the people until you are delivered. Eh? You are still, from time to time, you fell into sin. You are lying. You are quarreling. You are fighting. You are struggling with anger, envy. Mm-mm. I have said it again and again. If you know you say you are a Christian, and you have heard the word of God, answered out a call, prayed on your own, decided. And after a while, you notice that the particular sinful habit you are struggling with, you couldn't overcome it. With all your efforts, that is telling you that your efforts cannot conquer this one. You need a help. You need counseling. Come for counseling so that we can help you. Stop struggling on your own. A sister came for counseling years ago. She said, sir, something is happening to me. It looks strange. She has been a believer for some time. But, she said, I used to have this experience. As if I'm growing spiritually. Coming to a particular level. I know I'm growing. Before you know it, a man will come and have sex with me in the dream. And when I wake up, it looks as if I have been brought down from that height to zero level. 
and I will start as, as if I am starting afresh. Begin to build, build, build. And then as if I'm coming up to that same level again, the same thing will happen again. He said, this cycle has been, you know, continuing for years. I have to pray for her. When I prayed for her, that particular demon that was doing that manifested and she was freed. This thing has happened for more than eight years and she has, not, she has been growing and moving forward. A young man came for counseling. He said, I have been a president of fellowship. President. But the same story. Say, I know that something is wrong with me. You know, that's one thing, good thing about us. If something is wrong with you, you will know. You will know that this thing that is happening is not ordinary. There is either external force or internal force that is manipulating it. That's the work of Satan. So that I will use you to deliver people from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, to turn them. Satan has power. Look at it in the Bible. Say, to turn them from the power of Satan. Satan has power. It is the power of Satan that makes him to keep people in sin, keep people in bondage, and be suppressing and oppressing them. Blind their eyes as they are living in, in sin, being destroyed, he'll be telling them that you are enjoying life. He will cut short their life. So that, you know, he will offer them something. You know, some of you that, some years ago, a student, I was talking to him about giving his life to Christ. He said, no, that he doesn't want to give his life to Christ. He said, why? He said, because he has decided to be a servant of Satan. I said, why? He said, there was a time he was praying that God would answer him a prayer. And then God did not answer. He said, he now prayed to Satan and Satan answered him. So God did not answer first. So since Satan answered, he has decided to follow Satan. There's nothing wrong if you want to follow Satan. But just note that he will cut your life short. This divine destiny, you will not fulfill it. And eternity will be very bad for you. A young man was sharing with me a story. You know, he's a medical student at a medical school. So he said he wanted to preach to his, one of his classmates. So when he wanted to talk to him, he said, don't bother yourself. Don't preach to me. You can go and preach to others. I have given my life to Satan. I have decided to be a servant of Satan. Don't worry. You know, people can easily talk. People have mouth. They can talk. People say, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you. It will happen one day and it's very close. Though. The day is very close. The day of the Lord is very close. That's the day. Even you yourself that say you are born again and you are, your life is not bringing forth fruit, you'll be surprised what will happen to you on that day. God is very serious with us. We must rise. We must rise up. Because if we continue the way we are going, look at how unserious some of us are even in the opportunity that God has given to us in the kingdom. Paul was never like that. He was not. He said, I press on. Can you go back to that? You know, I told you that we are, we are going back to that Philippians. Go back to Philippians. We are reading it with NIV. We just read verse 12. He said, not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
Verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's read that verse 14 together. I want to go. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Listen, listen. You know, we have not even started going into our topic for today at all. We have not. The topic says keys to achieving kingdom advancement goal. We have not even started talking about any key at all. We are just trying to establish that there is a goal. Kingdom advancement goal. And you know what a goal is? A goal, a goal is what you are pursuing, there is something you are pursuing, is definite. And there is a time limit for which you must get there. The goal is definite. Can you imagine what football match will be if there is no goalpost? Eh? And the people are just playing. You won't be able to know who will win the match. You won't be able to know, you know, what happened in the match. Paul said, I press, I press on towards the goal to win the prize. To win. It is when you press towards the goal and score goal that you will become a winner. And so, you know, he said it again in verse 2. He said, I press on to lay hold. So the goal actually is that which he was apprehended. There is that which God saved him for. And Paul said, I have left the pursuit of every other thing. I am pressing towards that. And we have seen it from the words of Jesus himself. He said, you did not choose me. I chose you. That you should go and bring forth fruit that will last. The reason for your own salvation is that you should go and through your life, others will be saved. Amen. Well, I don't know. When we talk about kingdom advancement goal, we are not just talking about, you know, the physical things that we do. The physical things that we do can only become kingdom advancement things when there is a kingdom advancement, you know, purpose attached to them. For example, I'm a businessman, I'm, do, I'm doing business. Now, if I say to God, this business is for the purpose of the kingdom, Anything that is coming from this business will be used for the advancement of your kingdom. That's when you can call that business a kingdom advancement business. Are you getting it? You are a civil servant. And you say, God, the reason why I am here as a civil servant is for the kingdom. That's the reason why I am serving. So, whether I go to work and do work or my life or whatever I gain as a salary is for the kingdom advancement. That's when that can become a kingdom advancement project. Or you are a craftsman. You, you have a handiwork. You have dedicated it and said, God, it is for you and for you alone. 
That's when that becomes a kingdom advancement project. And so, you need to first of all, ask yourself, for who am I living? Who am I living for? Am I living for myself? Or am I living for him that died for me and rose again? Let's read two scriptures on that quickly. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14. And verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14 and 15. Are you there? For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. Everybody was 15 together. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. He died for all. Why did he die for all? So that those of us who are now alive, we no longer live for ourselves. But you are now living for him who died for you. What does it mean to die for somebody? The death you are supposed to die, he died it. So the life you are living now is not your life, it's his life. Therefore, you are supposed to live that life not for yourself anymore, but for him that died for you and rose again. It is when your life is for God, for Jesus, it is when you are living for him, that's when you can talk about kingdom advancement goal. And you see, why we are talking about this issue of goal is that if you don't have a goal, for the kingdom advancement in 2021, your life will go from January. January has gone. February is, has gone more than half or half today. Before you know it, you enter March. April, May, June. Some year ago, I was invited to preach somewhere. That was, in fact, not somewhere. So, places. So, what I normally do when I go to preach within September, October, November, is once I come to preach, I will say, if you know that from January to November, you have won a soul, or you have not won a soul to the Lord, raise your hand. You will notice that hands of people that has been speaking in tongues, all of them will go up. January to November. Why? When your goal is nothing, you will accomplish it. When your goal is nothing, you will what? You will accomplish it. What, what will you accomplish? Nothing. Because of what? Your goal is nothing. How many of you here, genuinely and sincerely, you have decided, I'm not talking about empty talk or empty thinking, you have genuinely decided and said, God, in 2021, through my life, five persons, ten persons, you meant it will be saved and brought into the kingdom. Can I see those hands up? You have a goal that is specific. You know, some of you, you say, well, God, I am trusting you that through this year you will use me. Use my life, Lord, use my life. Uh -uh. 
we are not talking about such kind of, you know, vague, vague things. There is a goal post. Goal has a post. Specific goal post. You don't carry ball and put near a goal post. Do you, do, are you getting that? Goal must be specific. It must be a specific number of people that you are saying to, you know, that's why we live carelessly. Your life is loose. You are not caring about, you know, your consistency in your quiet time. You are not caring about, you know, your consistency in your prayer life because there is nobody you are going to call to tomorrow and tell him, see my quiet time notes, so that you will grow according to it. No goal like that. And so you see Christians from January to December attending programs. Eh? There is no goal that is specific. January will start and end. You'll be doing New Year, New Year fasting and prayer and be receiving prophecy. This year you will be a millionaire in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh-uh. Can I hear the loudest amen? The loudest amen will catch it. And then you go and buy treble or tonton and clean your throat so that you will catch a prophecy of becoming a millionaire. That is your goal. All the prophecies you have been catching, becoming a millionaire, how many millionaires have you become? You will leave the word of God and you are pursuing something of your own. When God says, seek you first the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added. You will ignore it. You will neglect it. You will be pursuing money. Pursuing one thing or the other. Your eye will be on the world and the things of this world. And you come to claim prophecy. How can God work against his word? How can you not be seeking the kingdom and you expect such prophets to fulfill in your own life? Is God a liar? Kingdom advancement go specific. Specific. You are saying, God, this is a business. I'm doing it, but through this business, this, you know, that's why some of us, or they can apagapa. As if, when people don't have gold, You'll be drawing them. Some of you, as you are attending discipleship class, you don't have any goal for discipleship that you are attending. This is discipleship. What we are coming here is not fellowship. Some of you don't know the difference between fellowship and discipleship. You don't know. Because there is sheep here and there is sheep there. In fact, even some of you that lead us in opening prayer, or you say, Lord, we thank you for this fellowship. Excuse me, this is not fellowship. Discipleship is a training. A training that will bring your character to conform to the character of Jesus. A training that will bring your, your life, bring you to the same shoe with Christ. You will be focused. You know what you are doing. Some of you, you are here, your phone is on. And when it will ring, you will go out to answer call. Somebody who came for training. <laughs> you don't have any goal. So, when you feel that you have chance, some years ago, somebody was saying, eh, this your discipleship is good though. In fact, anytime I come, the word of God used to affect my life very well. I've made up my mind that anytime I have chance, I will always come. Huh? I said, can you imagine an apprentice who came to learn mechanic, telling the mechanic, Oga, that 
well, I like what you are doing here. Any day I have chance, I will come to work, to learn. This is not fellowship. This is not a miracle center. What we do here is to train people that do miracle. To train people that they are, when, they, when, they, when they speak, when they pray for the sick, something will leave their mouth. Eh? They will talk an ordinary talk, but something will leave their mouth. Power will leave their mouth and hit the sick and the sickness will go. That's the kind of thing we do here. So if you are not serious, this place cannot fit you. Some of you, I'm already seeing you out because the heart with which you come is not the correct heart. This place cannot contain you with this kind of heart. No! We are here because we must become like him in character and in works. John 14, 12, what did he say? He said, greater works than this shall you do. Abi, you know they read Bible. Or the Bible is not true again. He said, he that believes, truly, truly, I say unto you. Anytime he wants to say something that is very serious, he normally uses that. Truly, truly, I say unto you. He that believeth in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. The miracle, if I raise the dead, you will raise the dead. If I cleanse lepers, he will heal COVID. If I, I, I heal, you know, the blind, he will heal the cripple. And greater works than this. To make you a minister, not a miracle receiver. That's the purpose. Every one of us must rise up because we cannot continue. The church cannot continue like this. For years, the church has been in the wilderness because of this uh, baby. You know, some people are not even helping. Some ministers are not helping. They try to make you to feel like I'm your pastor. Just be, be, be a baby. Let me be pastoring you. Some, some, so some people now have family pastors. The way they have family doctors. Eh? Any problem that comes, they will call their family pastor to come and pray. Because you don't have mouth to pray. And God does not answer your own prayer. No. No. There must be a goal for your spiritual life. Specific goal for your discipleship this year. You will specific time bound. Goal has time. When they start football, do they say let's be playing until anybody score? They have a time. If within that time nobody scores, they will give extra time. If nobody scores at extra time, they go into a penalty. Because somebody must score and win this match. Goals have time. There must be a time you will hit the goal. You don't say you are setting a goal and they say, eh, what is your goal? You say, I want to win 50 souls. When? Yeah, anytime the Lord gives me power. Is that a goal? You have done well by being specific, by calling 50. But if there is no time around it, you are not serious. Amen. So what we are saying today is that as a family, discipleship family, we have a goal for 2021. We have a goal. And I tell you, whether Satan like it or yes, eh, that goal must be accomplished. 
the number of souls that the Almighty God has given to us and shown us and said, this number of persons will be delivered from darkness into light. Their eyes must be opened. This number of people must be delivered from the power of Satan. Young, young people that are bound. Some years ago, one David came for counseling. He said to me, I graduated five years ago and I have not had a job. I asked him a question. I noticed that he had the same partner. A same partner that he kept on committing fornication with for years. And then he said, anytime I have a job interview, the night before that job interview, I will have sex in the dream. And when I go there, they will dismiss me for five years. When I prayed for him, anointing came and carried him. He was on the floor. After the demon has manifested and left, the young man called me on phone after two weeks and said, Sir, I have gotten a job. Two weeks. Five years jobless. Two weeks job. Power of Satan. Holding you by sin. Some of you are useless even as a sinner. You think you are enjoying life. You know, a brother brought his brother from Portacourt to me. He brought his brother from Portacourt to me. And when the young man came to me, he said, I moved from cigarette to marijuana. From marijuana to cocaine. And there is no day I don't smoke. He said he does business, but after he finished doing business, the money he, he got from his business, he will spend all of them in cocaine. He said one cocaine, one piece of cocaine is 800 naira as of last, last year when he was talking to me. He womanizes, but the major issue of, of his life that saps him, makes him a debtor, he will be in debt. He will still go and borrow and buy cocaine to, to, to take, give me this day my daily cocaine. Bound by Satan. Excuse me, people like this need to be delivered. Who will deliver them? You like this. Ask your neighbor, you like this. Ask your neighbor, you like this. You don't want to take your discipleship serious. The one you are coming, you are coming late. The one you are coming. Ask your neighbor, did you come on time today? That's how you are going to fulfill, get the power, get to deliver a cocaine pusher or a cocaine uh, addict. With this thing you are doing here. Eh? With this kind of unseriousness. So many of them, let me tell you, it's very easy to save sinners, but you need to have the power. When I prayed for him, anointing carried him, he was rolling from one end of the floor to another, shouting and crying, he was delivered. He became a disciple. He went back to Portacourt and took his quiet time serious. That habit stopped. There are people that are bound. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. There's an anointing to preach the gospel to the poor. You can't carry anointing with unseriousness. Before anointing came on Peter, he followed non-stop for three years, three and a half years. Wherever Jesus sleeps, that's where he sleeps. He has a wife. He left his family. He left his fishing business. For three and a half years, he paid the price for the genuine anointing. Discipleship, true discipleship is the price. When he collected that anointing, they went to Samaria. And look at this Simon by Jesus. He saw them laying hands on people and Holy Ghost was coming on them. And Simon said, Oga Peter, can you give me this Holy Ghost power 
with this money. So that anybody I lay my hand on will also receive it. Peter said, you are, you are a child of the devil. These are anointing that I passed through discipleship for three and a half years before I got. That you want to offer money and collect here. Perish with your money. How do you think that you will get anointing by sowing seed? By connecting. Eh? So let me link, link to the anointing of the man. By sowing seed. A man that passed through discipleship. You that is not serious in your own. You are just behaving like Simon by Jesus. Choose what you want. If you want to be a vessel in the hand of God, there is a way. If you want to live like an ordinary person, see, I need to share with us our vision in Calvary Way Revival Levels. Very quickly before I pray. Because some of us don't, don't know our vision. It's very simple. 40 words. Vision that is in 40 words. It is from that vision we are getting our goal. Both as a family, as individuals. Say after me. To win all men from all nations to Christ. And to train them to be like him. Both in character and in works. So that they can fulfill their divine destiny on earth. And consequently enjoy their eternity in heaven. Again. To win all men from all nations to Christ. And to train them to be like him. Both in character and in works. So that they can fulfill their divine destiny on earth. And consequently enjoy their eternity in heaven. Let me start from the last phrase. Consequently enjoy their eternity in heaven. Eternity has two divisions. Heaven, hell, fire. Sinners. Sinners that refuse Jesus will end up in hell, fire. At the end of this life. I was teaching the students last week. I said to them that as you have day and night... Light, darkness. God created two opposite things. Man, woman. Hmm? Good, bad. There are, I told them there are some of you that are good here. And there are some that are bad. Eh? That's how, what you see everywhere. You see good human beings. You see bad ones. You see righteous people. You see sinners. You see people that will say, I will not define myself. You see others that will say, I beg. I beg. Which one is that one? And then when you close your eyes in death, you will notice that there are two also. Eternity in heaven and eternity in hell fire. So that they will enjoy their eternity in heaven. As if some people will not even enjoy their eternity in heaven. The people that will enjoy their eternity in heaven are the people that fulfilled their God-given destiny, their divine destiny on earth. The people that will fulfill their divine destiny on earth are the people that are trained to be like Christ, both in character and in works. And the people that will be trained to be like Christ in character and in works are people that have been won to Christ. 
Did you see the connection of the division? Did you see the connection? Let's start again. Let's go from beginning to the end and then we connect it back. And I'll ask you to pray. Say after me. To win all men from all nations to Christ. And to train them to be like him. Both in character and in works. So that they can fulfill their divine destiny on earth. And consequently enjoy their eternity in heaven. Now let me connect it again. Said, to, for any man to enjoy his eternity in heaven, that man must be a man that has fulfilled his divine destiny on earth. The reason why you are born again today and you didn't die and go to heaven today is because there is a destiny. There is a purpose. Now, the people that will fulfill their divine destiny on earth are people that have been trained both in character and in works to be like Jesus. And the people that will be trained to be like Jesus are the people that are first of all one to Christ. You must first of all be born again. Give your life to Christ. Not empty words. Not uh, give my life to Christ, I give you my life. <clears throat> you must mean business with God. I mean, you must... And how do you know that you have mean business with God? Look at your decision. Look at your life. What are the things you are doing before? Have you put an end to them? Things that are not giving God glory. You have a girlfriend. You have a boyfriend. And you are living in immorality. You are into relationship. And you say you have given your life to Christ. Yet, you have not cut off that relationship. You are not serious. Mm -mm. The day you become serious with your salvation is the day you will call that girl. Call that young man and say to him, enough is enough for sin. I have decided to follow Jesus. Eh? We have two types of born-agains. Fake born-agains and original ones. We have two types of pastors. Fake pastors and original pastors. We have two types of disciples. Fake disciples and original disciples. It would be bad for you to, you know, say I am a disciple. I am following Christ. But you are classified among the fake. <clears throat> it is time for you to mean business with God. This is our vision. This is what we see. That's why we do what we do. Our vision is not to collect your money. Some of you that have been coming... We, we don't have time for all this kind of uh, money thing. No. To win people to Christ, to train them to be like him in two dimensions. Character. You are as meek as Jesus. As humble as Jesus. As loving and caring as Jesus. As compassionate and passionate as Jesus. To be like him in character. And then, to be like him in works. You don't just relax and say, I'm like Jesus in humility. Are you like him in healing the sick? When they give you a demon to cast out, will you cast a demon out like him? Or will you be sweating with a weak demon for two hours? 
when the Bible said he cast him on out with a word. Even you that we are asking, will you be, are you sure you are not demon possessed? Are you sure? Based on the occurrences in your life currently, are you sure that these things are normal? That you don't need deliverance yourself. And I want to repeat that. Those of you that have this problem, don't let the devil deceive you. He will come to deceive you. He will tell you now, go next time you will come for counseling. You better defeat the devil. And take this matter serious. Take this matter serious. Because if you don't, the battle is very fierce. He is pushing so many to hell. And he is ready to push more. For God to bring you to a meeting like this, in a, in a day like this, it is for a purpose. Don't let this purpose be defeated. Some of you are coming here for the first time. For the first time. And the word of God is coming like this to you. It is because God is pointing his finger on you. He has chosen you. Don't let the hand of God upon your life just be in vain. You need to answer the call. He has called you. Be serious with God. Because there is a destiny that he has given for you to fulfill on earth. I said it last Sunday. The young man that went to, the, to, to heaven from the cross, a thief, he was not created to be a thief. He has a destiny. God did not say, let me create another thief on the earth that will be stealing so that he will, their number will be much. No. All of these armed robbers, courtes, and all of that, they have God-given destiny. They have abandoned it. They are serving Satan. Will you join them or will you be a deliverer? Can God use you in this new year to help people Come to him. Very soon it will, it will no longer be new year. It's becoming old year now. And you don't have a goal. One month has gone, no goal. One month and a half has gone, no goal. You need to set your goal. As for us as a family, God did something for us last year. And that gave us a light of what he can do with us this year. Last year, he started with us. Just about 10 disciples. As of this time in February. About five to ten disciples finish incubation school. And then by the time we are entering this, uh, December, November, December, we have over 100 persons that finish incubation school. And we notice that it's like he multiplied it by ten. And we say, God, you can also multiply it by ten this year. Are you getting me? That's what God is giving us as a, as, as a goal, as a family. But inside this family goal, you must also find your place. You, as an individual, must find your space. And say, God, if the family has 1,000 disciples to be made for Christ in 2021, let me have 10 out of it. Let me have 5 out of it. Let me have 20 out of it. And if each person here will pick a number and be serious and be committed, I'm telling you, the first thing that will happen is that your life will change. Because you are focused. You have a goal. People that are playing football, they are, they are not joking in the field. Two of us. They are not joking. They are not joking. It's because you don't have a goal. That's why you are playing, wasting away your time. Before you know it, you enter WhatsApp. From WhatsApp to Facebook. From, you, all sorts of waste of time. Because you, you, you don't have a goal. People in the football field, they take what they are doing serious. There is a goal and, and there is a time. There is a time for which you must play and score and win. Excuse me, there is a time. There is a goal. We must be serious. We must be committed. We must be, you know, dedicated to this particular assignment. Otherwise, the, 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 the ship and the boat of this world will also carry you. 
you are either here or there. There is no third place. If you are not busy advancing the kingdom of God, you will be busy advancing the kingdom of Satan. Matthew 12, 13, Jesus said, those who are not with me are against me. Those who are not gathering with me, they are scattering. There's nothing like, I'm not gathering with you, but I'm not scattering. Nothing like that. If you are not gathering souls into the kingdom with him, Jesus said, you are scattering. Matthew 12, 13, everybody rise up and let us read it as you are standing. Rise up, let's read it as you are standing. Matthew chapter 12, verse 13. Matthew 12, verse 30. If you are there, let's go together. One to go. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. Lift up your right hand and say, Lord Jesus, I'm not going to be against you. I have decided to be with you. Lord Jesus. I'm not going to scatter, scatter souls out of your kingdom. I will be a gatherer. In 2021, I will be a gatherer. Now open your eyes. Look at me. Look at me very well. Jesus spoke to me when I was preparing for this message. It was a clear voice. I heard him. He said, What will cause people to come to me through you people is not empty preaching. It is the transformation of your life. It is what? When people at your home, in your workplace, in your church, when they notice that this, this particular sister, she doesn't used to preach before, in this class. But every day she's preaching. And when you look at her life, there is Christ there. You know, this is a pastor. It was his member that brought him here. His member began to come and he said he saw changes in his life. And he said, I will follow you to that place where the changes are coming. Some of you that people have not followed you here, it is because you have not changed. And you are just wasting opportunities for the kingdom. That will not happen again in the name of Jesus. You must rise up. See, this year there's no go slow. Tell your neighbor you can't stand on my way this year. Because there's no go slow for me. As we are going to pray, I want you to pray aggressively. Pray and pray well. Say to God, in this year, in this year, in this year, I want you to help me that the testimony of the kingdom will be synonymous with the testimony of my life. Can you pray? That your life will bear fruit that will last. Ah! Look at what you did with last year. Look at how January to December last year you know, came and passed. Wasting time and opportunities. Can you say enough is enough? Oh, someone is not praying well. 
Lendelepo sanda rabakunda Lerima Lerima Shakakaka Shakakakaka Lepo sanda rabasondo labasanda Renda lepo sanda rabasanda Am I seeing someone that is not praying over there? What are you doing opening your eyes at the time of prayer? When are you going to pray? When are you going to pray? If you don't pray at the time of prayer. Can you cry to heaven? Ask God and say to him, Lord, my life must have kingdom advancement meaning this year. Enough is enough for trooping in and trooping out. No way. No way. Lebo Shaka. Landaraba Sandaraba. Lendelepo Sandaraba Kunde. Landaraba Sandaraba Kunda. Landaraba Sandelepo Sanda. Malando Kandaraba Sama. Lebo Sandaraba Sanda. Ramakula Raba. Londolaba Sanda. Landaraba Sendelepo Sanda. Renda Lepo Sande Kekekeke. Luba Suma. Landa raba sende lepo shanda Rinda lepo shanda raba kunde Jesus Lende lepo shanda raba kunda La raba sonto laba shanda Yende lepo sonto kanda raba sandat Malando kanda laba seke Rinda lepo shanda raba sanda Lende lepo sonto kanda raba shanda Enough is enough for seriousness. Enough is enough for carelessness. I must have a goal. A specific kingdom advancement goal. I must pursue the goal. No waste of time. I have a goal. I have a time to score. Paul said I press on towards the goal. I press on towards the goal. Lelelebo shanda rabasanda. Malanto kanda rabashanda rabakundet. Lendelebo shanda kanda rabasonto labashanda. Renda lebo shanda rabakunda labasanda. Renda lebo shanda rabasanda. Lendelebo shanda rabakunde lebo sanda. Renda leba shanda rabasanda. Lende lebo shanda raba kunda laba sanda Renda leba shando kanda raba sanda Malanto kanda raba sanda Jesus No more joke No more waste of time It's time to be focused It's time to be serious It's time to be committed La 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 Jesus, in life and in character, in power and in works, in works and in character to be like Jesus. I 
have a destiny to fulfill. I have a destiny to fulfill. It's a divine destiny. It's a divine destiny. My life must be transformed. Labasondo kanda Malando kanda rabasanda rabasanda. Renda lebo shanda rabasanda. Jesus. He that is not with me is against me. He that does not gather with me scattered. Lebo shanda rabasanda. Malando kanda rabasende lebo shanda rabakunde. Landa laba shaka kaka Maluma kula rabasanda. Zende lebo shando labasuna. Lando kanda rabasondo labashanda. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Now, we are going to pray further, but as we pray further, the Lord is showing me some of you here, definite people, not less than five, that have not given your, you have not given your life to Christ. You know it. The Lord said, the first thing for you is to give your life to Him. Those of you in that category, the Lord said, you need to do that now. There are some of us, you need to rededicate your life. You are born again before, but born again in the before and widows is scattered with sin, secret sin and open sin. It's clear to you. You need to rededicate your life to Christ. If you are in this category of people, can you just, you know, lift up your hands? Lift up your hands. You are in this category. We don't have time. If you are doing that, be fast about it. You, have, you want to give your life to Christ for the first time, or you want to re rededicate your life to Him, lift up your hands. I want to pray with you now. The rest, can you continue to pray for yourself? Just continue to pray within as I pray with these ones whose hands are up. There is one of you that is still, your hand is still down. The Lord is pointing at you. You need to give your life to Him and be serious with God. Those of you whose hands are up, I want to pray with you. Can you come forward? Come forward to the altar. Just be fast, be fast, be fast, be fast. I want to pray for you here. Don't waste time. Be fast. Your hand is up before. Don't bring it down and stay there. Come forward for prayers. Be fast. The rest, continue praying for yourself. Continue praying. Please come, 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 come. The Lord is receiving you. The Lord is receiving you. Something new is happening in your life today. It's a change. It's a transformation. It's a transformation. Just lift up your hands again. Say after me, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry I'm a sinner. Your word has convicted me today.
Forgive me my sins and deliver me from the power of sin. Lord Jesus, I surrender my all to you. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be the owner of my life. I submit to you. I yield to you. Take over my life from now. Give me through salvation from the power of sin. Deliver me from the power of Satan. And fill me with your Holy Ghost. That I will have strength to live a holy life and a righteous life unto you from today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Put your hand, that hand on your head as I pray. Father, these ones have taken a step of faith. Tonight, I pray for a special encounter. Encounter them one by one. One by one. One by one. And let there be testimony of genuine encounter with Jesus Christ that turns their life around. In the name of Jesus, may they receive true salvation from you. May they be saved. May they be saved. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, those of you that are out here, you need special counseling. I'll be telling you when I'm going to be seeing you. There are some of you already that will not go until your own happens here now. About two persons. I will tell you when the time comes. But there are some of you that will come on the counseling day for you to be guided well. May God help you. You can go back. Everybody lift up your hands as we conclude. Say after me, Lord Jesus, this year I commit myself to you. It will not pass me by. You will use me mightly in kingdom advancement projects. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.